This is the army where you shoot them a mile away. You gotta get up close like this. And bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it. Know it. Live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a This is Live at Five. Ah, yes, indeed. We're live, right? In studio guests. Uh, It's been a while. I I, I know you were here once. We won't say who it is just yet. We won't do the guessing game either. But uh, he does have a a seven-week-old child, his second. He has two boys, a a spiffy dresser, and... What else can I say? Uh, Oh, originally a a city council person. Ladies and gentlemen, State Senator Mark Walzik with us this afternoon on the Live at Five show right here on AM 1240 for a wonderful Friday afternoon discussion with the man himself. Uh, Up from Albany for this special occasion. How you doing, Mark? Glenn, nowhere I would rather be (laughs) at 5 o'clock than feeling alive with you in the studio. Do you spend a lot of time in Albany now? I mean, obviously you have to. I don't know how how does it work. I'm not actually up from Albany Scott's up here all the time. I live right here in Watertown. I know, but you got to spend a decent amount of time down there. Well, we're in the off session right now. Okay. So the legislative session for both uh, the Assembly and the Senate runs... From January until June. Okay. Uh, And we're in Albany a ton during that time frame. Right. Um, The rest of the year, only if you're called back for special sessions, hearings here and there. Every once in a while, we'll have a meeting or a task force. But Zoom calls? Really, and Zoom has helped in in that respect. Um, You know, unless there's a constitutional duty to do, which you do from the floor of the Senate chamber. Right. um, No, there's there's a lot of things that you can handle that way. So So you're saying it's a six-month job? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's great. I wouldn't want a job like that. It's like playing a football uh, in a football season. That's about six months. So the, you got to get your ass. So you're saying, as a football, as a state senator, you got sure. you got to go. There, you got to roll up your sleeves, like Jim Jordan, who's definitely not going to get the nod for Speaker of the House. We can talk about that. that. Sure. Uh, and all the craziness. So I had someone on the phone. I well, don't know Glenn, who that the is, other but anyway, six months of the year. Yes, yes. I've got the largest Senate district in the state of New York, and I get to travel all over it. It's it's so true because you know Elise Stefanik would always refer to her district as being very large. Claudia Tenney, the same thing. The districts are very large up here in this neck of the woods because it's all based on population. What is the population for a senatorial district? Uh, Senate districts are roughly three hundred and ten to three hundred and twenty thousand people. And I believe a congressional is probably double that, yep. somewhere around 700,000, based obviously on population. So yours covers, let's cover the bases here, Oswego County, is that correct? The northern half of Oswego County. A northern half of Oswego County. And I know this has changed. We're going to talk about the redistricting, which does not apply to, to you guys, but the federal side. However, these are decisions coming out of Albany. 
Yeah. And 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 uh, uh, Congresswoman Tenney brought that up about a month ago or so. I'm yeah. shocked by that. But yeah. but nonetheless, okay. So how many other? So Northern or uh, whatever as part of us we go all of yeah. Jefferson. What all else? of Jefferson? Yeah. Half of St. Lawrence. Half so of St. Lawrence. And I have Ogdensburg and St. Lawrence. Okay. So basically, it's it's the two assembly districts put together almost in Hang a on. sense. No, we've only just begun, my friend. Oh, really? Okay. All of Lewis County. All of Lewis County. Sorry. All of Herkimer County, except for three towns in the south. Gotcha. All of Hamilton County mm-hmm. and all of Fulton County. Wow. Very nice. So Fulton County is Johnstown, Gloversville, Sacandaga Lake. Right, right. And then Hamilton County is Blue Mountain Lake, Long Lake, Indian Lake. That's a long ways from here. Old Forge in northern Herkimer County. Right. And in southern Herkimer County, Frankfurt, Illion, Mohawk. That's amazing. So when you run for governor, do you, you know, you're going to be well known in that area, right? Because you are running for governor one day, Mark. Is that correct? Which day? Uh, uh, I don't know. One day you're going to be running. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let's just dive right into the redistricting, because I know it applies to the federal side of things, but it, the decision comes out of Albany. Sure. You are a, a minority in a very blue town, in a very blue state. And they weren't happy, apparently, with the, with the redistricting that, was, that happened in the federal zone, in, in the districts, uh, uh, after the 2020 uh, census. So now they're coming up with some crazy loophole. and how, They don't have to wait till the year 2030, Mark. They could just do it right now. What say you about that? Well, it's up to the courts. Okay. So uh, our our highest court is the Court of Appeals in New York State, and they're hearing a case on the congressional maps right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York State Constitution, and back in, in 2014, voters put this on the ballot because they didn't want the legislature in a very partisan way drawing the maps and gerrymandering them like crazy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's legis- responsible. Legislation was passed, mm-hmm. signed into law, and a constitutional amendment showed up on the back of the ballots for New Yorkers. And New Yorkers decided to change the New York State Constitution mm-hmm. to create an independent redistricting commission that would draw our maps. That independent redistricting commission uh, was unsuccessful in its work, we'll say. You know, we could get into the real back and forth and politics of it, but they were unsuccessful in their work. They went right up to the deadline, couldn't agree on maps. Democrats and Republicans that were appointed to the Ind- Independent Redistricting Commission mm-hmm. uh, couldn't agree, so they had two different sets of maps, and the courts threw up their hands right before the deadline and said, if you can't get along and can't produce a map, we will appoint a special master, and that's what they did. So they appointed one guy mm-hmm. to draw all of the maps, the Senate, the Assembly, and the congressional maps for the state of New York. Mm. Those are the maps that we uh, that we ran on. Most recently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what is being challenged? The well, actually, the I, t- I take that back because the assembly maps were uh, were not challenged in the courts, um, and and were drawn by the legislature and then redrawn by the independent redistricting commission. Hmm. Now the Senate's maps and the congressional maps um, are maps that were drawn by the special master, mm-hmm. and uh, those maps, if the if the court um, throws them out mm-hmm. uh, would be redrawn by the independent redistricting commission and right now the congressional maps are being challenged sounds like a lot of new maps yeah we talk a lot about map we talk too much about maps and not enough about representing the the people that um you know are in the state of new york mm-hmm. and have a lot of needs right 
Uh, so it's a major distraction, and uh, it affects everybody. But at the end of the day, a lot of people just don't understand why they're redoing it. But thank you for explaining that. It's not just congressional. It's everything. Assembly. Yeah, I yours. hope I cleared it up. It's about as clear as mud. I mean, it's I mean, all you, it's all you, you get accustomed you know? to your, I mean, you're in your second term. Is that correct? Th- or third term? I don't even know. I'm Ten losing. months on the job in the in the state senate. I served two terms in the state it assembly. It just seems though. like you've been there a lot longer than that, Mark. I'm sorry, because, you know, obviously you've been in uh, state politics now for, what, 10 years? How long? When did, when did you become? I ran for city council in 2015. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. So, and, and so let's delve into that. Yesterday was a big, big issue, but the city reacted to it. I want your comments about the the water main break over there on Huntington Street. I think the the efforts of city staff, of city leadership, of the surrounding communities and at Fort Drum mm-hmm. were really exemplary. What you saw in the last 48 hours is really the best of us. Yeah. You saw qualified individuals doing everything that they could mm-hmm. to fix a, a problem that was a real problem um, that, that could have been much, much worse. Much worse. Um, but resources poured in, um, you know, right on to, you know, we had Jackie Bray, the commissioner of the Department of Homeland and Security in New York State, mm-hmm. um, came up here to be on ground to, uh, you know, help with resources from the state, Office of Fire Prevention from New York, mm-hmm. Fort Drum, um, not only turned on their own water, but then helped the city and the surrounding areas to right. make sure that people had water to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the city really stepped up and was able to problem solve and get this thing back online a lot faster than they originally anticipated. So hats off to volunteers uh, mm-hmm. from all the surrounding departments and just the goodwill of people in right. the North Country that right. were... You know, you saw a lot of those Facebook posts. Hey, if somebody in the city of Watertown needs a shower or needs some fresh water, I'm on a well. Come on out here. You know, Mm -hmm. that is the people of the North Country. And that's uh, that's why I love representing these folks. Some people say, oh, boy, this is typical. Because, you know, all the rumblings going on in City Hall. I'm sure you're familiar with what's going on there. Uh, They said, oh, here we go again. You can't blame anyone in the city right now. All these pipes were laid under Huntington Street and many other streets around here way before any one of us were born. But how they found it immediately, almost within hours after it happened, and then f- fixed it. By the way, for the record, uh, my wife and I, we didn't lose any pressure. This building didn't. I don't know if you did on Court Street at all. Or we, didn't, at, we didn't lose pressure either. So yeah. is that testament to like our forefathers who created this uh, system years before <laughs> you and I were even here? That's not bad, in my opinion. <laughs> well, listen, um, you know, they prepared for the worst. They yeah. alerted the public to what the what the worst case scenario and likely case scenario looked like. Right. But they, they jumped on the problem fast Mm -hmm. and this isn't one of those things that you're testing out all the time no you know it's going to happen (laughs) Uh, you know what could have been worse could have happened in the dead of winter when it was really icy and so forth sure and then you know like but it it, would have taken longer obviously to dig and find it blah 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 but it happened in a a relatively good time of year uh the question is if that happened yesterday will we see something like that again sometimes it's it's a domino effect you never know i guess uh, it can be as yeah. they repressurize the system. I know that's something they're being very vigilant about right now, mm-hmm. um, and that's well, something my office was concerned about. Kind of leaning for what other resources are there, you right. know, as they as they repressurize this system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, I know we got good people that are on it though, yeah. and, uh, and they proved and, it last night. And you said the four drums, you know, the trucks coming here, uh, just the, the you know just the way they reacted. Everyone reacted. The lieutenant governor was here. Um, and, and it worked out very, very well. All right, so how is it now? Be, I mean, you went from Assembly to the State Senate, and you still... Do you feel like a minority 
in, in, in Albany as a Republican, Mark, I got to ask you that first. We're with uh, Senator Mark Walzik, uh, by the way, State Senator Mark Walzik <laughs> today. One day we might be senator. Who knows? Might be governor. What What say you about your status as a Republican in Albany? I've asked you this before, but do you feel like you're lost in a blue city? And Mark, let me ask you that. And I feel like a fighter. I don't know about the feel. Here's the numbers. There's 63 senators in the state of New York. 21 of them are Republican. That's not a bad ratio. I thought it was less than that, to tell you the it's truth. It's two to one. I mean, it's not a great well, ratio. Well, no, I actually thought it was worse. But, <laughs> uh, but that's not bad. But do you get along? I mean, look at, look at Congress. They're not getting along. What is it like in, in Albany between you guys, the Republicans and Democrats? It's, it's a lot less Republican and Democrat and a lot more, um, I would say, party bosses of New York City with New York City political issues at the forefront right. and then the rest of the state, honestly. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not to disparage the people of New York city, but their issues are different. And there's a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of senators and assembly members from New York city that run for the state house and they should have run for city council to solve city issues. Or if they wanted to change the second amendment of the United States constitution, then they probably should have run for Congress and put in a bill, but they try to do it from the state house. So they don't understand uh, where they are. Mm. They go up to Albany uh, to solve city issues. And look, I go down to Albany to solve issues for up here, right? Um, but not with a not with a statewide impact that's going to disparage other communities and their needs. I'm just focused on uh, what my district needs. So you're saying that there's a lot of these. I mean, is is there an attitude that if you're from New York City, because I'm from there myself, a lot of people didn't even know where Albany was, but they look at it like it's a tool just for just to fix things down in down in New York City in the you know the surrounding area. That's just it. It's not City Council light. Um, I, I understand that in New York City politics, it's easier to run for state assembly or state senate right. than it is to get a, a borough president seat or a council seat. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that. Well, how are you describing that? It's easier to get into state politics yeah, politi- as opposed to city Politically, politics. some of them are using state state positions as a stepping stone in politics, which is just ridiculous. So and you don't, don't ha- you don't have to travel that. Sorry for interrupting. You don't have to travel that far either down there because you, you, you're within one uh, district of, of Brooklyn or Queens. Sure. And people know you. You went to the high school there. A perfect example would be Mayor Eric Adams, who served in the New York State Senate before mm-hmm. going back down there. I believe he was a borough president and then ran for mayor. Wow. And he started up in Albany. And, of course, he was a New York City police officer prior to that. He was. So let's stick with, uh, with New York City at this point. Uh, Assemblyman Scott Gray was adamant about no, no, no to migrants sent up to. This was about four or five months ago when all this was brewing down in New York City. Tens of thousands of migrants are living in Midtown. Eric Adams, the mayor, as you mentioned, doesn't know what to do. And, of course, he's not going to send him to Connecticut, Mark. He's not going to send him to Jersey. You know, he's trying to send him out to the suburbs. They're not going to have him. The other option, of course, is upstate. So what say you about all of this? What's going to happen before the cold? Right now, it's 60-something degrees. It's, it's seasonably warm or unseasonably warm right now. It's going to get cold. We had that same issue at Butler Pavilion last year. Now New York City is going to start, hey, we got to do something about this. What's going to happen? Yeah, to solve the migrant crisis, I mean, you've, you've got to close up the southern border first. Um, yeah. You, you have to stop. Sure, no doubt. You have to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, but 100,000 migrants don't just disappear in upstate New York. Look at, it, look at our communities. We don't have housing. Mm-hmm. We don't have housing that's adequate for them. Um, and if you think about the, econ- the economies of scale here, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think there were a lot of those things swirling around, and there's still some issues and plenty of concern. Um, but 100,000 problems don't get solved by leaning on small towns and villages in rural upstate New York. 
So what's New York City going to do? That's a great question. Well, you know they're going to look for us. I mean, they got the guy up in Messina that owns a hotel that he owns uh, owes like oh, 150000 in taxes. No one's staying in Messina the last time I noticed, Mark. Uh, so, you know, and then you got a hotel on Ottawa, on Washington Street that's desperate for, for dollars. I, I mean, there are people that want this to happen. But you as senator, and, and I know you're probably on the same side of Scott Gray, our assembly person. Sure. Don't want that. Well, it, yeah, don't want, it doesn't even make sense. It's not going to solve their problem. Um, it's not going to solve their problem. I, I t- Mark, I totally agree with <laughs> you, just... Senator. I totally, totally agree with you. But they're not going to leave them in midtown Manhattan. That's for darn sure. That's yeah. not going to happen. We're not going to be tuning into the Macy's Day Parade a couple weeks from now. And, and I mean, again, this, the police have their, they're up to their you-know-whats on all this as it is. So I know it's going to be a challenge. Are they talking about it in Albany? What's the vibe? I mean, it's got to be yeah, part we, of the, of the, of we the actually, discussion. We um, actually, you know, I joined, I joined in calling for a special session to address this issue um, in, in which the, the governor would have to call a special session, put the legislature back in, and uh, we want to revoke uh, the sanctuary status um, so that there's no, no cause to continue to send them to New York mm-hmm. because we're anticipating this problem only continues to to get worse, and that's the minimum that we can do as New Yorkers to to stop the bleeding until the the federal government handles something here. Well, I mean, Biden reacted and said he's going to build twenty miles of the border, so that was that was an about face from what he said when, when as soon as he took a office back in two thousand twenty one. Yeah. All right, so energy policy. I got this from your team. Uh, the weather's getting colder. That could mean that Albany Democrats want to take natural gas, heat, and stoves away from New Yorkers. This was a big issue less than a year ago. What say you about that? Uh, it's a big issue now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not stopping. They w- they want to shut the gas off in New York State. New, um, new construction, you can't have it after 2025. Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Um, and that's that's the law now. And they they haven't put the bans in place for uh, for removal for furnaces uh, right now. The the plan calls for if you need your furnace replaced in 2030, uh, you can't replace it with a gas furnace or an oil furnace um, or a propane furnace. Um, you would have to have some kind of electric heat. Uh, they're leaning forward way too far, and they're way over their skis and tumbling down the mountain on this thing right now. So they want electric uh, furnaces. They want electric everything, essentially. This is the movement. Yeah, they're, they're also pushing what they call the New York Heat Act to uh, really prohibit uh, nat- natural gas companies right now from even providing service to construction that is ongoing right now in New York State or even you know buildings that are already there that want to get and homes that are already there that want to get natural gas. What is, I mean, in New York City, unrelated, but they want to get rid of uh, pizza ovens in, in hometown establishments. A lot of people say they just want to lean towards, you know, the, the chain stores or the establishment. They want to get rid of the mom and pops. What is the, in your, I mean, obviously the, the left wants uh, green energy. Is that all this is about? They just want to get rid of uh, gas altogether? It's, um, Right now, there's some environmental extremism that seems to have the left by the nose in Albany. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're doing things that supersede common sense and math um, and and simple logic in New York. So the the grid isn't ready for all that they're proposing. Right. And frankly, they don't even have a plan to get it ready. And that would be the thing. If you were going to do this, you would want to make sure that you know, before you're requiring everyone to electrify their home, they could actually have the capacity to get the electricity right, right. required to run their home. Uh, they're less concerned about that. 
Yeah, um, and yeah, that doesn't work, Jim. Uh, so, and as far, yeah, no, it doesn't. So, uh, so the, the thing is, as far as electric is concerned, you know, they talk about uh, nuclear, nuclear uh, plants. Uh, they got rid of Indian Point. Uh, they got rid of the one in Long Island. And uh, they've been talking over the years about getting rid of Nine Mile Point in, in Oswego. Uh, is that a decision that comes out of Albany? You know, I'm, I've, I've heard the chorus kind of turn on nuclear, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the ways that they're starting to bump up against logic and look on the production end and realize that you're not going to be able to solve the electrical needs of future New York uh, by putting 250,000 acres of solar panels right. all over upstate or putting some wind turbines off the shores of Long Island. Right, and kill They're the whales. finally figuring out right. the math right. doesn't work. Right. Um, and so bumping up against logic, they're they're realizing nuclear is probably a pretty good option, especially if your enemy is carbon. Um, nuclear is great. Yeah. Eight. I, yeah, Jim. I just read an article. Yeah, push I don't know push, if it, push was it over if you can. In the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal just today. And it talked about the differences between Europe and the United States and that this electrification thing in Europe, based on their current cost structure, would save people an enormous amount of money. Like their bills would go down by 50 percent. In the United States, on the other hand, your bills either stay the same or more likely go up. And, and, you know, uh, to your point, Mark, uh, with nuclear, they've come out with these new, very small boutique, if you will, nuclear reactors, too, that could, you know, you could have a nuclear reactor for Fort Drum or a nuclear reactor simply for Watertown. They're small. Uh, they're very, theoretically anyway, very safe. Uh, I, to me, nuclear makes the most sense. Yeah, SMRs or small modular reactors, um, which now the Nuclear Regulatory Commission has cited them for installation in the United States of America, which is great. It's progress. Um, the governor has been quiet on nuclear so far, at least officially. Um, but we're we're hearing the halls of Albany warm to nuclear a little bit. But I, I love, Glenn, that you pointed out, and it shows your great knowledge on topics like this, that Indian Point was shut down. Right. I have to bring this up and, and inform some legislators in Albany that are very frustrated about the natural gas peaking facilities mm-hmm. that are burning 100% every day mm-hmm. to keep the lights on in New York City. Mm-hmm. And they're angry, po- pointing at upstate like we're not doing enough to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind these folks, your, those natural gas burning facilities were meant for peak energy only at pe- times of peak demand. That's why they were installed. Mm-hmm. If you didn't shut down Indian Point, they wouldn't be going all of the time. Right. And now you're taking now you're taking issue with natural gas. Well, they were never designed for that. Mm-hmm. You made nuclear, and it was really Cuomo made nuclear the energy mm-hmm. or nuclear the enemy. Enemy, yeah, um, sure. And that's you know that's the problem when things are reactionary and not logical. When right. Right. you know, and th- this environmental extremism seems to. I'm a pro environment guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants clean water to drink. Everybody wants clean air to breathe. Right. I represent half of the Adirondack Park. Mm-hmm. In a large swath of state forest lands that we enjoy up here, sure. and and our recreational and tourism industries mm-hmm. absolutely depend on the beauty of our our scenery and right. our environment up here. I want to mm-hmm. do everything that I can to protect that for future generations. Mm-hmm. But these folks, they they don't take the time to really understand either the environment or the impact of some of these policies. And you know, it, Jim's it just, shaking his head for some reason. He's he's part of that team. But go no, ahead, Mark. Yeah. It's just I mean, you look, yeah. I want to. I want to just point out one piece of legislation that, like it, 
it drives it drives me nuts because I debated this on the Senate floor. Senator May down in Syracuse brought this bill up that would take state reforestation areas and make them el- eligible for green energy projects. Now, what that means, I know it sounds nice, right? What that means is an area that the state has purchased land because we thought it would be so valuable to regrow a forest, state reforestation area. Mm-hmm. The plan there is to, instead of regrow a forest, is to put solar panels on that same plot of land. Nice. Yeah. And, and which, that's yeah, how, that's which how we're having f- nightmares already with. And look, not, not for nothing, but every tree that's grown sequesters carbon. Mm-hmm. It is a se- carbon sequestration tool. Mm-hmm. You, you look around this building, you've got sequestered carbon well, in all of the walls. Right. Um, solar panels are good for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then they go in the dump. Mm-hmm. In 30 years, you could grow, harvest a forest, sequester its carbon, build things out of it, and then do it again. That's a renewable resource, yeah. and it's better for the environment. Yeah, God was good at that. <laughs> if you talk to any forester, they say, with good forest management practices, right. this is actually better for the environment and the ecology of the area. But they don't want it. They want to, their, their nose is fixed yep. on some real ignorance when it comes to the it's environment. It's all about power, and we know that, and the shift, of course, from, from uh, um, fossil fuels to their new agenda. Interestingly enough, Ottawa and big portions of Canada did not manage their forests for the last God knows how many, 30, 40 years, if not longer. Same with California, Colorado, and whatnot. We didn't have forest fire, fires in the Adirondacks, in your district. And a lot of that was because of the, co- I call it the co-generation plan at Fort John that they just shut down last, last spring, where a lot of you know, in, independent uh, contractors would cut down trees and brush. A lot of this stuff has been laying down on the, on the uh, uh, surface up in Ottawa since the 1998 ice storm. Mm. That was the fuel that created this ochre sky across New York City and Atlanta and all parts that they left out there. Is that gonna now that we got rid of, of this means of you know burning all this wood for 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 I don't know how many decades they shut that down. National Grid says no, we'll take care of that. What's going to happen to the Adirondacks 10, 20 years from now? We're going to have the same effect. That's a great question, a great concern, and one that I've been talking to the APA and to uh, uh, Commissioner Sago so, uh, over at the DEC about. Uh, right now, they don't have a real area of high, high concern for forest fires that would spread over, la- yeah. over large swaths in, in the Adirondacks or a little bit more in the Catskills, actually. Interesting. And we've had some significant forest fires in in some southern forests wow. in the state of New York. Well, I didn't know that. Right now, their concern isn't real high for the Adirondacks because the Adirondacks are relatively wet. Hmm. But as you point out, as ecology changes, it sure. has to be something that we are ready to address. So mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've talked to DEC and the APA about... Uh, you know, the installation of fire, you know, responses and right. a lot of things that other forest management areas think about, but we haven't really had to worry about too much here right? Um, because right. we haven't had that problem. But yep. just like a just like a pipe in the city of Watertown, you, you don't want to wait until it's a problem to figure out how to solve it. If you can lean forward and anticipate some of these issues right. and put policies and practices in place to solve to uh, be able to mitigate them. If right. that problem happens, right. that's when you're doing your job. But it's interesting. Our terrain isn't much different than, you know, the eastern part of Ottawa and Ontario. So, you know, they burned, we didn't. So I, I just put a blame on their lack of management. And now I look at the, the loss of the of the plant in uh, Fort Trump as maybe something we should definitely consider as an issue maybe 10, 20 years from now. If, of course, we have another drought. And we've been through several droughts. 
All right, we're with uh, State Senator Mark Walzik and owner of Community Broadcasters, Jim Levin, who's agreeing, by the way, with everything that a very red politician is talking about right now. So hell might have frozen over, Mark. I could just say <laughs> I that. I love this. <laughs> All right, so I will do this commercial break right here. You're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back right after this. Get a $25 prepaid Visa card. Hurry. Mark. Uh, we're back with State Senator Mark Wolzik. And by the way, I know how to spell your name, Mark. It's W A L C Z Y K. Is that how you. Is, oh, I'm sorry. Is that how I spell you? W A L C Z Y K. I wrote that out myself. Charlie Zulu Yankee Kilo. There That's go. right. It's yep. incredible. I know how. I, I, it's, wow. it's amazing. I, I screw up Smith and Jones, but I don't screw up uh, Walls. Listen, this is yeah. not the type of last name you would ever run a writing campaign with. No. No, that's just very true. This is, uh, uh, and Jason Trainer is spelled. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, so maybe you would. Uh, yeah, because it's hard to forget Walzik. Right. Yeah. 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 Don't get sick. Okay. Vote for Walzik. Nah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, don't vote for uh, Cuomo. Vote for Cuomo, not the... Never mind. Long time ago. All right, now. Yeah, back in don't the day. Don't change the first time. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> speaking Did of I Cuomo, pre- uh, I haven't... I spoke to you Do one- you miss him, Glenn? No. You know what? Here's the thing. And Jim will, of course, disagree with me. I have noticed, just like Matt Gates has nothing to lose because Republicans thought he was done with that whole prostitution thing that he was encircled with, you know, the, the, uh, the congressman from Florida. They thought he was out. Now he's on the warpath. He doesn't care about whether or not we'll have a, a, you know, a representative for a speaker at all. I look at the same thing now as a wounded bear as Andrew Cuomo and his brother, for that matter. I see Andrew coming uh, out of the uh, ashes as not necessarily Republican, but he's not going to be the liberal progressives because they turned on him. Do you agree on that? No. Okay. Why not? I mean, I, I agree that he will. I, I could see where you're going. I would not be surprised if he made an attempt. He's, he's almost but, said a couple of things already. But New, New Yorkers are done with Andrew Cuomo. They're done. They were done. Elliot Spitzer had the same thing. He tried to make a, a comeback. They were done. Yeah. New Yorkers were done. They barely they were, knew uh, 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 Spencer. He was there for like, what, six months before he got caught with his pants down and his socks on? Andrew Cuomo was on the precipice of being indicted by a Democrat New York state legislature. Hmm. They w- ran him out of town. He decided in the last moments, I'm going to control the narrative here and I'm going to just resign because he saw the handwriting on the wall. But he... But he, he He's done. He was considered for president. You know, at that time, Biden was in his basement, and because of what Andrew Cuomo was doing during all those COVID sessions, one of which right here at JCC in Watertown, he was looked upon as the hero during COVID, and that he fell from grace, well, just like Nixon did a- after the 72 election. It turns out that it's not hard to knock down a house of cards. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, he screwed up COVID. He, he was responsible for the deaths of thousands of people that he sent to adult homes. And then, of course, then he got in, wrapped up in that whole, you know, intern thing as well. Yeah, more than, more more than, than wrapped more, up more, in an, in an intern thing. Yeah. I still think that he might come out just like with his brother boxing one of these well, days, look, but no one's going to listen to he's him. Still, he still has a war chest in his, in his political yes. committee. He's yeah. staved off some, some lawsuits and still has a lot of money in the bank. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him try and do something, but I I know that New Yorkers don't have the appetite for him. Six million dollars that he got in his book. Did he have to give that back or did he keep that? I think he I, did. I think he kept it. You know, it. that went back and forth. I don't remember where it ended We up. have a phone caller here. Do you want to take a call here? I think you can hear me on the headset. Jim's going to have to just kind of hear it through your headsets. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Senator Mark Welzer? 
Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Curry. Oh, I it's Samantha. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a guest on. No, that's okay. Uh, Samantha, did you get your your check yet from the federal government, and for that matter, the state of New York? No, sir. No. Mark Walzik, why hasn't Samantha gotten her uh, her, her check yet from the from the state? I think I did. Samantha, listen, I have the best <laughs> staff in the New York State Senate, and if you call my office on Monday, we will get right on that and be happy to look into it for you. Really? Yeah, oh. absolutely. Wow, this was the gold mine. This this phone call. Who? Who? She she was probably just going to tell talk about the weather and what time of day it was, but now she's going to well, find. I was going to tell you that uh, the River Chorus is singing at River Community Church. Oh, that's. Not, oh, I'm glad she. That's yeah. not, I I'm sorry, Samantha. Say that again. Where's that going to happen again? This is a, a public event, public service event. River Community Church in Clayton. Yep. Okay. Um, River Chorus. We, right. Uh, we're. We rehearsed on Thursday, but it was sad because one of the members has passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Some of us are still here, and Good. So we're singing. All right, when is, real quick, when is it, Samantha? Sunday at 11.45. Okay, Sunday at 11.45 in the morning. That's awesome. Samantha, thanks for the call, and make that phone call to uh, uh, Mark's office. Oh, what is his name? <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm your state senator. My name is Mark Walsick. <laughs> sorry, that's how I laugh now. I slam on the desk. Well, I... Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's Thank wonderful you. to speak with you, Samantha. And uh, the number for my office is 315-782-3418. Good. 782-3418. That's right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Samantha. See, didn't I tell you this was going to be pure policy today? Hey, listen, constituent services is Our the bread and butter of exactly. good representation. And uh, that's not just for Samantha. If anybody else has an issue with New York State... Um, I really pride myself in having the best staff that is empathetic, compassionate, and ready to get after it. If there is a state agency or an issue that is in the purview of New York State uh, that you're just not happy with, uh, feel free to call us anytime. Gotcha. By the way, that's true. Yeah, it is because true. Mark we, and his office have helped uh, yeah. me and the company a number of times. Good. Thank you. I, only because I have someone on the phone. Hi, do you have a question for Mark? Hey, Glenn. Yeah. No, uh, I remember Mark when he was uh, city councilman. I worked. I was a city firefighter, and we right. worked together. I do appreciate everything he's doing about the solar farms and protecting my brother firefighters. That is outstanding. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. All right. Is that your question? I mean, I mean, again, I, I, the the recent incident that happened over this past summer in Shamo. Um, thank you for the phone call, my friend. Uh, the fire yeah, thank in, you very in much. Shimo, uh caused, some, uh, you know, uh, it, it got a lot of uh, attention, not just uh, because it was a fire. No one, st- I still don't know wh- how it started, but the, the, the framework or the, the components that are made in these solar panels, we're unaware of exactly what they are, but we did find out that there's some toxic levels of, of atmosphere that happened from all that. Uh, so, and you were, you, were, you were quick to respond to that, Mark. Well, look, I mean, here's, a, here's another unproven technology that um, New York State government and the Office of Renewable Siting is, uh, Renewable Energy Siting, is kind of forcing onto New Yorkers. Um, so they have expedited ways that they're getting these energy projects into communities across upstate New York. 
Uh, and some of the technology is completely unproven. Some of it very dangerous. So <laughs> wow. the the battery containers that are being installed with some of these solar fields are completely unproven, not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had some very dangerous incidents. We were fortunate enough in Chameau that it was in a really rural area and that you know, housing wasn't right next to this thing because these can be very, very explosive. They call it, you know, we to call it a battery fire isn't really fair. Right. It's a chemical reaction. They call it thermal runaway in a battery system. Hmm. Um, and it really can't be stopped. The thing has to work its way out. That chemical reaction goes till completion. Um, so the fire department in Shamo was on site just to make sure that it didn't spread to other areas right. um, to try and um, prevent some of that, to keep the, the grasses wet and sure. down so that it didn't you know, enrage the entire uh, solar field and to, to protect the public out there. But you're putting um, emergency first responders in harm's way. Um, I've, got a, I've got a piece of legislation that I'm going to be pushing this legislative session uh, that requires a safety placard be installed anytime there's one of these on site what's, so that, what's that on a solar panel or so the battery itself no at the uh, at the site of the location so you'd add it to like the entry road to a solar farm for example if there were containers out there so that any emergency first responder can easily see uh from the safety placard gotcha. what's out in those containers and where so they know what they're dealing interesting with. Um, but overall, I've also called on the governor to completely pause the installation of these things until we, because this wasn't the only fire. There's been a few fires, some of them deadly, um, mm, with wow. lithium ion batteries being installed um, in New York State. And and re- we really need to put a pause on, on sure. installing anymore right. until we know what the what the problems are and get some more proven technology. I saw a video today of the, the Ryobi. I think that that's the product name. They make uh, lawnmowers, a battery operated. And one of them just caught fire. And we see Tesla's on fire, electric car. It, they're, they're to be reckoned with. A fire is bad enough, but electrical fires or battery fires are very dangerous, Mark. Yeah, yeah, they, they absolutely can be. I don't want to just demonize all battery technology out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, battery technology has come a long way, but mm-hmm. there is no silver bullet to uh, you know fixing all of the energy issues. And that's why... They're doing too much too fast. Their their goals of electrification mm-hmm. are ridiculous and mm-hmm. not in line with uh, with the needs of New Yorkers and not in line with reality. No, no doubt. No question. And I would like to get back to the Nine Mile Point thing as far as uh, nuclear is concerned. Hi, you're in the air. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Walczyk. Uh and congratulations on a newborn, I guess. Is it your first child? Oh, thanks very much. Now we have a, uh, a two-year-old at home, and now we have a seven-week at home. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, wonderful. Well, then you must know that the first two years of the life, you're teaching them how to walk and talk. And after that, after two years old, you're telling them to sit down. And be quiet. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, you know that from anyway, your first. Yeah. Uh, you hit on something. Uh, as a, You're in Albany as a Senate, and uh, you said about logic and math and... Uh, I mean, the carbon footprint is 0.04%, but um, there's an old, when I went to college years ago, um, from the time something's mined, to the time it's made, to the time it's used, to the time it's disposed of, they called it, this is a specific term, photocaloric output. Hmm. And I, that's the only way really to measure everything. That's logic and that's math. Mm-hmm. And I, I congratulate you for saying that i mean i mean i haven't heard these words that, <laughs> i mean they, they want to call you if you go down there and say that they'll probably call you wacko or uh oh they won't understand <laughs> but let me ask you my friend i'm running out of time do you have a question for the senator based on what you're saying that was, that was the question if you use total caloric output he's uh, I'm, I'm complimenting the senator i gotcha 
No, I haven't. Um, you know, we talk a lot about carbon carbon footprint. Um, and if you're if you're tracking the batteries, for example, if you're looking at the rare earth metals, how those are are obtained and then shipped around the world, manufactured into the batteries that eventually end up in your in your iPhone or in your lawnmower right, or, right. or in the the battery cells out in Shimo. Um, you look at the total carbon in, uh, footprint there, and then you extrapolate that out over time. Um, and it's really difficult with the technologies that we have right now to say that what you're doing is actually greener. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the purpose here is to be good stewards of the environment, I agree with that purpose. Mm-hmm. So let's stick to that, but let's uh, let's make sure that everything under that purview actually makes sense, and that's where they're really missing it. Fracking. If you had your way, would fracking be advantageous for upstate New York, particularly Marcellus Shale? Shale. So the greatest way that we reduced uh, carbon outputs in New York State and really greened the environment was mm-hmm. when there was a natural gas boom in uh, Pennsylvania. Interesting. That is the biggest reduction in carbon output that this state saw. We shifted off of coal right. for our power. We shifted off Hydro. of... And uh, and it no longer made sense to uh, be burning wood and Mm -hmm. to be burning oil in a lot of homes because natural gas became so cheap and natural gas burns so much cleaner. Is it perfect? Is it carbon free? No, No. but it is pretty darn good in Mm -hmm. comparison with everything else that's in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and this is where I've got real problems. And I know I I talk to homeowners. This is the one of the biggest issues that people are concerned right now statewide yeah um is uh, the plan to shut off the gas and it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. natural gas is a really clean bridge fuel if you're headed to a green way which right. which right. at some point um the natural gas all gets fracked right. and it runs out right. Right? right 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 but we've got it for a long time and it just makes sense to use it as a bridge until we get there not to mention the amount of money the state would make pennsylvania is making billions of dollars every year the jobs from it it's not as dirty as oil fields down in oklahoma and uh in texas and colorado it's just that the green agenda thanks to our friend who just left here who's a part of nodding his head and so forth uh, they're all hypocrites because they just don't. Uh, they're not aware of the ramifications of this movement. And you mentioned it before about the uh, the windmills off off uh, off Jersey. They're they're disrupting the the uh, uh, the whales and whether or not they can during mating season and stuff. The vibrations from the base of these monstrosities, fifty stories high in the oceans. That, that's why they're being beached up and of all places and Rockaway Beach that never happened before, Mark. Glenn, now it is. Glenn, not to not to put it in a political framework but i'm going to put it in a political framework yeah, sure of course imagine if the republicans came up with a plan mm-hmm. that would help the electrical industry get richer mm-hmm. and that plan included putting offshore wind turbines off the coasts of new jersey mm-hmm. and long island mm-hmm. and the republican plan was resulting in the death of humpback whales right right that narrative right i want there you would to destroy, think yeah. about what that would look like right there would be protests on the beaches. People mm-hmm. would be chaining themselves to trees. Right. There would be protests in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a pl- that's uh, we're just looking for logic here. It's it's the, it's a double. It's it's to me what I refer to it as a, the Democrats and or the left crashing into or colliding into itself because save the whales was a thing from the eighties or nineties. Now no one gives a crap about the whales. They just want the green agenda. But whales are dying. Is it? No, it's no big deal. It's no big deal, Mark. 
Yeah, move along, nothing to see here. And I love how Congress is like, oh, we're together. We voted together on a House <laughs> representative or leader, and you guys can't decide it, and yet you guys can't decide on whether or not genocide's part of your agenda either. <laughs> so that's an interesting dynamic. Well, listen, I want I, I want to say something positive, because yeah. we, we've talked about a handful of things uh, that are troubling in New yeah, York. Yeah, there's a lot of troubling things in New York State. But uh, I'll tell you, the people that I represent are awesome. We're going, we're going in the right direction in a lot of ways in this Senate district, mm-hmm. and... Um, Listen, it wasn't that long ago that George Pataki was the governor of the state of New York. Mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani, Republican, was the mayor of New York City. Right. The New York State Republicans were in the majority in the New York State Senate. That's incredible. Just the thought of it. That was not that long ago. That's in my voting lifetime. That's in my voting history. Right. Right? Yeah, right. So we can do that again, and we have to. There has to be right now. Democrats are in control of the Everything. the the state capitol. Yeah. They have the governor's office, the Senate, and the assembly. And they have the city of New in, York. In order to bring checks and the city of New York, in right. order to bring checks and balances back to the system, mm-hmm. it has to be a two party system. Right now, one party control is running roughshod, mm-hmm. and it's doing all of these things that we're saying that we're concerned about that aren't making sense. And mm-hmm. it's because it's all driven bipartisan politics and whatever the political talking point of that party is for the day when you have another party in power that immediately brings things to the center and that's what we have to do here in new york state again I, I, i'm hopeful that we're going to get I, that i'm done. very hopeful too but again i'm a bit of a pessimist when i see committees in new york city uh delegating making decisions on whether or not they should get rid of statues of uh in in front of the uh, museum of natural history uh in parks in bryant park here there everywhere and they're literally giving them away to a township in long island that will take them for pennies on the dollar just to move these million dollar uh you know, statues by the way that were made hundred you know in some cases over a century ago these are the people that are running not just new york city right now mark you're being very optimistic and i appreciate that and i understand that but this is the future of new york city this is the future of the democratic party and they have a grasp on society at this point i just don't see that ending i'm sorry for being pessimistic well listen i mean i'm a i'm a study of history i'm glad you brought up historical characters because i think it's a huge huge mistake to teddy uh, roosevelt was somehow or other an oppressor okay i mean come on it's it's ridiculous but because I'm a study of history, yeah. I've got hope for the future. We beat we beat communism in in, did. in 1989. The Berlin Wall fell. Two systems mm-hmm. fought against each other on the world stage. We right. fought against each other in the Olympics. We fought e- right. against each other economically. We fought against each other in proxy wars, mm-hmm. and we absolutely destroyed them at every single metric you could measure. Mm-hmm. Our system is better. And that's why I truly believe it will prevail. I think the only the only danger to that, yeah. and the only way that we lose, yeah. is if we somehow miss that message. If we somehow completely ignore our history and the facts about the world and the facts about human nature um, and what the best forms of government are. But we have a great system here in the United States. We do. I just think there's a lot of constituents in the United States, certainly in this state alone, that wouldn't mind uh, or, or just completely divided on the side of communism or socialist uh, state. We're seeing it up with Trudeau's Canada, and uh, we're seeing it certainly through the media and through uh, big tech. And uh, I just, hopefully, you're right, we can change things. I see the pendulum swinging already, because now you have urban New York City, along with, with the, you know, the old New York City that, are, that remain there. God bless them all. They don't like this migrant crisis, and now they have a common issue. I should say common enemy, but that's a bad way of putting it. But sometimes you need a common enemy in order for you to, uh, to join together. And that's the, that's the hopefulness. It's a lousy way, but at this point we hate one another. But if we have common ground on at least one issue, like the migrant issue, maybe we can get along again, Mark. Hi, do you have a question for Senator Mark Walzer? 
I absolutely do. Hello, Senator. Um, I hate that the Democrats and the Republicans hate each other, and I am neither. But I just want to ask you, since we are uh, mentioning national, um, what do you think of a New York state representative who allegedly, allegedly... Real quick. ...takes the donations of, uh, or the donator's credit cards and use them, uses the funds? What do you think of that? Are, are you are you speaking specifically about some individual or what? Just clarify real quick. Well, apparently, allegedly, Santos took. Oh, okay. yeah, I saw, right, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I saw that. So, okay, George Santos, he's got to go. Is that correct? Never met him. Don't know him. Sounds like a liar. Uh, I do like how he stood up to uh, to Mitt Romney there uh, during, during the State of the Union. Real quick, last question of the day for Senator Mark Walzik. How's the show going, Glenn? <laughs> It's going great, Big Steve. Real quick, do you have a question? Have a great weekend, both of you guys. Have right. a great weekend. Great. Thanks, hey, man. Thanks. That's Big Steve. All right, so uh, so many things to talk about. When are we going to do this again, Mark? Also, I want to address something that the, the you pre- are, yeah. two previous caller said. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate any Democrats. I'm a registered Republican. There's no hate here. I, you're, you're the you greatest politician <laughs> I've ever met but in my I, life. I mean, it's true. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about some political philosophies on the left that I think are antagonistic to seeking reelection. Is that correct? I am. I am. Yeah. All right. Because we got to go, unfortunately, because the work isn't done. And I believe that we can win Glenn. AM 1240 WA10. What time up next? CBS. This is CBS news on the hour presented by indeed.com. I'm Peter King. Hamas has released two Israeli Americans it kidnapped from an Israeli kibbutz nearly two weeks ago. They're holding dozens more hostage, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The entire United States government will work every minute of every day 